the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Now, folks, that's the way the world and even some Christians would like to interpret Christ's words about judging. They would like to believe that when Jesus said, judge not, he meant that we are, we are never to make a value judgment about anybody else or someone's faults. And we must pretend that, that we don't notice. We don't notice anyone else's sin and refuse to discern between right and wrong truth and error. One man's junk is another man's treasure, the motto of everyone who has gone to a garage or yard sale. I remember the time we decided to participate with the neighborhood and have a yard sale. My wife was all excited and worked diligently to get all of our stuff priced for the big day. My job was to get it out front and help take the people's money. The big day came and I was out front waiting for our first customer. I was looking over some of our junk, I mean goods, when I saw a new book my wife purchased just last week. I knew she hadn't read it, but here it was for sale at 90% off what we paid for it. When I inquired to why we were giving it away, she said the book wasn't any good. She said, I bought it because it had an interesting title and cover, but the content was not what she expected, so she was getting rid of it. You know the old adage. Hello, this is Peter Silseth. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Church unity is our topic as pastor teacher Steve Kreloff guides us through the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew, which is the end of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. Pastor Steve has been serving for over 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His teaching ministry at Lakeside has now expanded to include these daily radio Bible classes. That old adage is, one can't tell a book by its cover. Some call it making a value judgment. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 7 when he tells us not to judge. When we don't know the facts of the matter, we can't make a proper judgment, and for us to try to do so is an injustice to that which we are judging. Pastor Steve is going to expound upon this principle today. Let's listen. Well, let's open our Bibles once again to the Gospel of Matthew. We're looking at Matthew chapter 7. We are now moving into the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to read to you verses 1 through 5 though we will not be able to cover all of it this morning, but it is a single unit of thought. Jesus said, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you'll be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your, your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your, your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. 
Now, in these verses, the Lord gave a rather straightforward, direct command. That's really hard to miss. I don't think anybody can miss it. He commanded us not to judge others. And it may surprise you to learn that the others that he was referring to are not people in general, but other Christians, other believers. This is clearly who he's referring to. And we know this because three times in this passage, the Lord refers to those being judged as your brother. For example, in verse 3, he speaks of the speck that is in your brother's eye. Verse 4, how can you say to your brother? Verse 5, then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so the Lord has given us a very direct command not to judge those who are our brothers and sisters in Christ. But in spite of the directness of this command, in spite of the fact that it's impossible to miss it, this command has been greatly misinterpreted, greatly misunderstood, and greatly misapplied. In fact, it would be safe to say that this statement about judging has become one of the most misunderstood of all of Christ's teachings in the Sermon on the Mount. And the misunderstanding generally falls along two lines. The first line of misunderstanding is the belief that in prohibiting judging others, Jesus was forbidding the institution of all human courts of law. This was the view of the Russian novelist Leo Tolstoy, who believed that Christ's teaching about not judging others meant that there should be no courts of law, no judges, no lawyers, and no juries. Tolstoy said this, I quote, Christ totally forbids the human institution of any law court. And he said he could mean nothing else by these words. Well, Tolstoy was very wrong. Jesus did mean something else by these words. And how do we know that? Because both the Old and the New Testaments teach the necessity of human courts of law. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 19, the Lord said that if you have a problem, you bring them, the Jewish people were to bring them to human judges. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every, everything will be confirmed. Romans 13 speaks of law, civil authorities. 1 Corinthians 6 tells us that a Christian is never to take another Christian to court. But, Paul said, aren't there spiritual men in your assembly who can resolve this problem? They can act as judges? So Christ couldn't possibly be teaching anything contrary to what he taught elsewhere in Scripture. In fact, didn't he say at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, think not that I've come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. And besides that, the context of Christ's words about judging have absolutely nothing to do with professional judges in courts of law. They're about individuals judging other individuals. Now, quite frankly, most of us would not take Tolstoy's view seriously. We can see it's easily flawed. We can see it's, it's in error. But there is a second way that Christ's command, this command not to judge, has been misunderstood, and it is this erroneous way that has been embraced by many, and is the popular view of what our Lord meant, and it's been actually embraced by many Christians. The second way that Christ's words about judging have been viewed is that Jesus was teaching that we are never to criticize anyone else. We are never to judge whether another person's actions are right or wrong. We are never to express a strong opinion against the conduct of another. We are never to condemn their behavior or their teaching or another organization. Never to point out anyone's sins. Never to say to anyone, you're wrong. You're wrong. 
It's not based on scripture. In other words, this view believes that to follow Christ's teaching means that we are to always be tolerant of everyone else, regardless of how they behave, regardless of what they believe. And the popularity of this view can be seen in how often someone who's confronted with their sin will tell the person who confronted them, stop judging me. They might even use our Lord's own words to say, judge not lest you be judged. And the emphasis is on you. But to interpret Christ's words this way is a complete misunderstanding, and it's really a corruption of what Jesus meant about judging. Here's how Kent Hughes, in his commentary on the Sermon on the Mount, explains this misunderstood view. He writes, these first three words, do not judge, have been taken to mean that good Christians must never exercise any critical judgment. Some believe model Christians are totally accepting, whatever the situation Christ's likeness, he writes, is equated with a suspension of critical faculties, a pious, all-accepting blindness. Ironically, the world loves opinionated people. Its darlings are those who are articulate and dogmatic about their positions on politics, art, music, literature, culture, you name it. However, when it comes to matters of individual morality, the world abhors opinionated people, especially if they represent conventional morality. In these matters, it adores the non-judgmental person. The ideal Christian, especially the ideal clergyman, is an undiscerning, flabby, indulgent, all-accepting jellyfish who lives out the misinterpretation of judge not. Now, folks, that's the way the world, and even some Christians, would like to interpret Christ's words about judging. They would like to believe that when Jesus said, judge not, he meant that we are, we are never to make a value judgment about anybody else or someone's faults. And we must pretend that, that we don't notice. We don't notice anyone else's sin and refuse to discern between right and wrong truth and error. But although that's what they would like to believe is the meaning of Christ's words. And, and I might add, they like that because it gives them room to live any way they want without being condemned and criticized. That's really the reason They embrace this. This is definitely not what Jesus meant. This is obviously not what what he meant about judging others. And the primary reason we know that this is not at all what he was talking about is, listen, the entire Sermon on the Mount is a series of judgments. It's a series of judgments on the errors of the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus continuously points out their wrong attitudes, their wrong teachings, their their wrong conduct. Now, someone may say, "But, but that's Jesus. That's Jesus, and he's God. Therefore, as God, he has every right to judge others, but not us. That argument is seriously flawed, seriously flawed, because Jesus not only judged others in the Sermon on the Mount, in fact, throughout his whole gospel ministry, but he actually commands us to judge others in this sermon. I want you to notice something. Immediately after commanding us not to judge others, notice that the Lord tells his followers to make value judgments and form opinions about certain people. Let me show you. Verse 6 says this, Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine. Now, the dogs and the, and the pigs he's talking about are, are humans, They're not literal dogs or pigs. He's saying, don't take the precious truths of Scripture and give them to people who will trample them underfoot. And that's why he goes on to say, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now listen, in order to obey this command, you have to make decisions. You have to make value judgments. Who are people who act like dogs? Who are people who act like pigs? How would you know? You have to make value judgments. 
to obey this command. Also notice verses 15 and 16. Jesus said, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are savage wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? Jesus said to beware of false teachers and to evaluate the fruit of their lives and their teaching. But how can you do that unless you first make judgment decisions about them? You have to judge. You have to be critical. Let's take a short break to greet those of you who just joined us since the start of class. We're glad you can be here. You are listening to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is our teacher. We are discussing the topic of judging others and what exactly that means. Let's get back to class now as Pastor Steve continues to explain this passage. But it's not only the content of the Sermon on the Mount that tells us that we must judge others. The entire New Testament is filled with exhortations that tell us to make evaluations, to form critical opinions, to form confrontations, to form judgments, to confront others on what's right and wrong. For example, and you don't need to turn there, but Matthew 18 speaks about church discipline. If you see your brother or sister in sin, we're to go and confront them and call them to repentance. And if they don't repent, we take some back with us who witness that we've confronted them. And if they still don't repent, then we are to tell it to the church. And and the church then is to confront this person about their sin, this professing believer. And if they still don't repent, then we are to treat them as an unbeliever and put them out of the the membership of the church. That's called church discipline. That's excommunication. Now, how can you obey that? How can you obey that unless you confront somebody, unless you, you make a judgment about their behavior? That whole process requires judgment and confrontation. Throughout the New Testament letters, we're told numerous times that we're to evaluate others, form opinions, make assessments of right and wrong, draw some judgmental conclusions. For example, John, commonly known, I might add, as the apostle of love, said in 2 John verses 10 and 11, if someone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, that is the teaching of who Christ is and his atonement, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. He's not saying don't have unbelievers over to your home to be hospitable. They only had house churches then. They didn't have buildings. He's talking about someone comes to your church and gets up to teach and teaches error about Christ. Don't say God bless you. Don't say may the Lord, Lord honor your ministry. John said don't give him a greeting. If you do that, if you embrace his teaching, you participate in his evil deeds. In other words, we are to judge every time someone teaches us to determine if their message is sound and true. And we are not to embrace them if they're in error. In Galatians 1.18, the Apostle Paul also commanded us to evaluate and, and judge the messenger by the message that he brings. He said this, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. That's pretty strong language. I'd say that's very judgmental. That's exactly what the Bible teaches. So it should be very evident from both the Sermon on the Mount and the rest and tenor of Scripture that in commanding us not to judge others, Jesus certainly wasn't forbidding us from making value judgments, drawing conclusions about the behavior and the doctrine of others. So now that we know what he didn't mean by that, what did he mean by the statement, do not 
judge. I think in order to understand this, we need to take a step back and see the big picture of the Sermon on the Mount. And I don't want to belabor the point, but I want to remind you that the main theme that ties this entire sermon together so that it it is one cohesive unit, which makes it a sermon, is that the truth is that citizens of Christ's kingdom, those who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, must be different than unbelievers, especially hypocritical religious unbelievers who only give the appearance of being spiritual, but in reality, they're phonies. It it is this single message that ties it all together. So how are we to be different from our unsaved neighbors, from our unsaved religious friends, relatives? We're to be different, Jesus says, by character. We already are different. We don't need to do anything to be different by the transforming power of the grace of God giving us a new nature, we are different inwardly in our character, and therefore that's the point of the Beatitudes. And because we are different in inward character and makeup, we are then capable of being different in our outward conduct. And that's what chapters 5 and 6 are about. Unlike religious hypocrites, we do obey God's word. Perhaps not, in fact, not perhaps, not perfectly, but that's the general direction of our lives, and we obey God's word in our hearts as well as in our actions, and we do it with proper motives. And we desire to honor him, not to impress others, but to please and honor him. But not only are we, are we to be different from religious hypocrites, we're to be different, as Jesus closed chapter 6, by telling us from secular-minded unbelievers who live only for the treasures of earth, and they worry when they don't have these treasures, or they worry about not having enough of them. Now, that's the message up to this point. That's what we've seen so far. But as we move into chapter 7, the Lord continues on this very theme of how our behavior is to be different from those outside of his kingdom. But notice this, his emphasis changes. Instead of teaching about our conduct in relation to God, his emphasis now becomes that we are to be different, watch this, in the way that we treat other people. In other words, it's not simply vertical now, now it's horizontal. How do we treat other people? And so the opening verses tell us that in our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, our conduct is to be non-judgmental. We're to make sure that we don't judge them. And that's what we're going to study this morning. But that's verses 1 through 5. But how are we to treat those who are not only outside of the family of God, but those who are actually antagonistic to the things of God, those whom Jesus called dogs and pigs? Well, he tells us in verse 6 that we're not to share the gospel with them. Don't throw the pearls of the word before pigs and before swine, those who are hardened, those who will mock it, those who will scoff at it. So to our, those in the kingdom, we don't judge them. Those outside of the kingdom, we don't share the gospel with them. But even though these two groups of people are very different, there is a guiding principle that should direct the way we conduct ourselves with both believers and unbelievers. And that principle is we're to love them both. We're to love them both. Not sharing the gospel with people doesn't mean we don't, we don't love them. And to see this, Jesus goes on to tell us that the way we demonstrate our love for others is we pray for them. That's why starting in verse 7, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And he talks about God's love in ministering to his children. We're to pray for others. And in addition to praying for others, which demonstrates our love for them, we are also to treat them the same way we would like to be treated by them. Known as the golden rule, it's found in verse 12, which actually closes this section. 
In everything, Jesus said, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Love God and love others. Treat them the way you would like to be treated. Now, with all of this in mind, that's the big picture. As chapter 7 begins, Jesus tells us that the way we are to behave towards our fellow Christians is that we are not to judge them. As I said, that's the big picture. Now, the smaller picture. We once again ask this all-important question. What did Jesus mean by the three words that open this chapter, do not judge? Now listen very carefully, because an understanding of this entire passage hinges on knowing the meaning of these three words. The judgment that Jesus was talking about, as we said, has absolutely nothing to do with making value judgments about people's behavior and doctrine. We're called to do that. Actually, to not do that is wrong. But the kind of judging that Christ forbids, note this, is that hypercritical negative attitude that delights in looking for the faults of others and finding them so that we would harshly condemn them. Far from being constructive criticism, which is designed to help people, this type of judging is destructive because it criticizes people for the sake of criticizing people. There's nothing constructive about it. In fact, this type of judging has with it, inherent in it, a malicious and a wicked satisfaction about pointing out the sins of others. Why? Because it makes the person judging feel so superior to the person he judges. Because you know what? I'm not like them. And look how they behave. In the words of John Stott, this kind of person who, in looking for the faults of others, puts the worst possible construction on their motives, pours cold water on their schemes, and is ungenerous toward their mistakes. Now, I think to really grasp what Jesus was saying is to understand that in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, what our Lord is teaching us as his followers is that we are never to judge people and criticize others like those self-righteous, hypocritical Pharisees did. That's certainly the context. That's certainly what he's been saying consistently all through this sermon. Don't be like them. In other words, he's telling us not to treat people the way the Pharisees treated people because the Pharisees were the epitome of self-righteous, arrogant, hypercritical, and hypocritical judges who found fault in everyone who wasn't exactly like them. And the Lord illustrated this very self-righteous, judgmental spirit in a parable he gave in Luke chapter 18. So let's look at that. I think this is very important. Luke chapter 18. We'll break in at verse 11. This is a parable that Jesus gave in order to illustrate a very important truth. It says in verse 11, the Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. And you can just imagine him with the wave of a hand going, this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, Jesus said, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but he was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. And notice he said, the sinner, not just a sinner. I'm, I'm a horrible Sinner, I'm the worst of sinners. I'm the sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
Thus far, we have concluded that this judging does not refer to our legal system. It is not telling us that we have to be tolerant of another person's sin because we aren't to criticize. If something is wrong biblically or morally, we may identify it as wrong. That is not judging. For those we see doing wrong, we need to pray for them and help them understand what is wrong about what they are doing and not point our finger shouting, you're wrong. It was a joy to have you in class today. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the senior pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you are in the Clearwater area on a Sunday morning, why not stop in and worship with us? Lakeside is at 1893 Sunset Point Road. That's midway between U.S. 19 and the beaches. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry made possible by the prayers and gifts of our listeners. Our class today was the beginning of a three-part message. If you would like to hear it all at once, you can order either a CD or a cassette tape. To get yours, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we'll call you back during weekday office hours. Our number again is 727-441-1714. Please tune in tomorrow at the same time to hear the continuation of this message when Pastor Steve explains the three evidences of the sin of judging. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse. We are here to give you strength between. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.